everyone, welcome back to But Why The Podcast, a podcast where every week me, Adrian, and Matt talk about the things in pop culture that the people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, make sure you head over to all of our social medias at but why though PC on everything and join the conversation. On top of that, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And make sure you enjoy this show. Welcome back to But Why to the Podcast, and today we are talking about everybody's favorite Canadian, Wolverine. As always, I'm your host, Kate. I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? I'm Matt. Hello. And thank you so, so very much to Charles for subscribing to us on Patreon at the top tier level and picking this episode. Um, Our first question to start this off is, what drink would you buy Wolverine, Adrian? Um... Sorry, I was I, I was just thinking about like how nice Charles is, like on everything we do, and I was just thinking about how nice he was, and I just wanted to thank Charles before I said. Oh my yeah! Answer. Everybody say thank you. Thanks, Charles. He gives so much support. Yeah, Charles. Did he pick Wolverine because he's his name is Charles and like Charles Xavier, and then like the relationship with Wolverine. Well, initially he had picked the X Men, and he didn't know that he had already done an X Men episode. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. This is this is this is good. I like this. Um, I would buy him a Crown Royal on the rocks because he's Canadian, and Crown Royal is Canadian whiskey, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that I think that works and i'm pretty sure he drinks his stuff straight so that's what i'm gonna go with i double check make sure that's canadian it is yeah it's Ooh, blended it. it's blended canadian whiskey yeah there we go matt um so i have a lot of drinks in my head and so do you want me to go first yes i'm just gonna buy him, <laughs> i'm just gonna buy him a freaking handle of jim bean and tell him to go to town so one, <laughs> I'm not going to be as boring as you guys. One, he probably oh. deserves a California cocaine, which is still the greatest, best thing ever. <laughs> but if I had to really buy him anything, I was randomly at a restaurant one time, and somebody bought me something called a Gorilla something, in which they poured 151 in it with another with like another whiskey, and they said, "Here you go." Holy shit! That actually does. I, I feel like Wolverine would enjoy that. I do not remember what the exact name was. I just know it had Gorilla in it. But add 151 in a whiskey. Yes, that's all it was. Chase your whiskey down with some 151. Yes. I think I think these are all good choices. Yeah, I think they're all good choices. I don't think any of them are boring. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically Wait, is this, all. Is this, is, this, is this like Sunday brunch, or are we just like at a bar? Because if it's like Sunday brunch, he's getting like 17 manmoses <laughs> from bangers. <laughs> Uh, if you're listening right now and you have not been to Austin, Texas, bangers, uh, look up the man Mosa. It's it's a leader of a mimosa. It's pretty Thank cool. You. Enjoy your free plug, bangers. We love you. 
sponsor us. I love your food <laughs> and your beer. We can also buy you a DNA beer, which is really cool and very hard to get. What's that? It's a beer that's not sold in America that you have to order, and it's like very high alcohol content. Mm. It just looks really cool. We can get him that black metal beer that I drank. No. <laughs> that was a lot of alcohol. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to kick off the episode because Wolverine is not like your average superhero in the fact that, the, well, I don't know. He's, he, I guess he's par for the course for some Marvel, but he has a lot of vices, and that's one of his cool things. But first, we're going to go into his history. So Wolverine is also known as, known as James Howlett, which is also known as Weapon X, which is also known as Logan, which is also known as Jim Logan, James Logan. There are a whole bunch of names that this man goes by, <laughs> and we could keep going on, but these are James Howlett, Weapon X, and Logan, as well as Wolverine, are probably the ones that you're most familiar with, depending on where you've kind of come in. So if you've been paying attention to the movies, which is probably the most accessible version of Wolverine, um, this is what you would know. So that's kind of where we want to start with. So ultimately, Wolverine is a comic book character published by Marvel Comics, and he is most mostly published in association with the with, eh. he is mostly published in association with the X Men. He is a Canadian, and he's actually the first Canadian superhero in Marvel mutant who possesses animal keen senses, enhanced physical capabilities, powerful regenerative ability known as a healing factor, and this is the first time that type of power gets named as such. Um, as well as a telekinetic blocker and three retractable claws in each hand, making him weak to Magneto and really prone to sensory overload, but also really strong up against telekinetic mutants. Wolverine has been depicted variously as a member of the X-Men Alpha Flight, which is essentially the Canadian Avengers and the actual Avengers, as well as X-Force and a whole bunch of other teams. Fun fact. A study. Fun fact. Um, Forty Creek whiskey is also a better Canadian whiskey than Crown Royal. Um, I don't know. I like Crown. I like Crown I too, but I, I like, like Forty Crown Creek Apple. Better. Crown Apples is dope. I could sip oh, on Crown Apples. You are gross. Out of all the Ew. Crowns, Crown Apple. Crown Apple is delicious. Crown Apple is amazing, and I could sip on that all night. You just ruined this whole experience. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I have preferences and my own taste buds, Matthew. Apple's just gross. You're gross. Crown Apple's <laughs> amazing. Crown, sponsor us. <laughs> oh, God. Right. We'd get so drunk. <laughs> Our listeners don't need that in their life. Um, however, if, you're adding, or if you were with us at TwitchCon, you probably saw that. Um, anyway, as I was saying, fun facts. A study by the University of British Columbia states that Wolverine's healing factor actually resembles the exocial's ability to regenerate its lost limbs. And that is like, I think it is like a underwater type thing. Um, essentially, it suggests that there is a novel protein, which the study's authors dubbed the Howlet, found in tissue samples taken from him. And this resembles the Amblox protein found in the exocial. But is much more efficient, is responsible for Wolverine's rapid regeneration. So Wolverine actually has a protein named after him. Um, Look up all proteins are actually a lot of names after a lot of things. Yeah. Between pop culture and religious things and uh, mythology stuff. Wait, I feel like we had a conversation about proteins being named after somebody on one episode. Oh, proteins are named after so much stuff yeah. in pop culture. 
Well, Wolverine has one, and it's because this underwater creature regrows its limbs. So, the character first appeared in the very last panel of The Incredible Hulk number 180, before having a larger role in number 181 in 1974. And he's pretty much a bad guy in this issue, and he is a Canadian government super agent. And the reason he's a bad guy is essentially the Hulk went through a crap ton of different villains because of how strong the Hulk is, and they just kind of put him together and threw him in there. Uh, he was created by Marvel Editor-in-Chief at the time, Roy Thomas, with writer Len Wein and Marvel Art Director John Romita Sr., and a uh, Ramita designed the character, although it was first drawn for publication by Herb Trimple or Trimpe. And if you know Ramita, Ramita is responsible for a lot of the Spider-Mans that we have seen. Uh, so his creation and his introduction into the X-Men helped revive the X-Men itself. His first appearance at the X-Men is in the 1975 giant-sized X-Men number one. And we talked about giant-sized X-Men number one in our X-Men episode. I believe that's episode four or five. Four. Four. And the reason that is important is because Giant Size X-Men number one is pretty much defined as the best X-Men run of all time. And that is partially due to the fact that it revived the X-Men. This brought in a whole new cast of characters and some of the ones that we're most familiar with, including Storm, who is like an on again, off again love interest for Wolverine. And now he's probably one of the most well-known X-Men of all time, if not like the only one that people know a lot of the time. In my opinion, he's actually surpassed Jean Grey in the public consciousness. Um, and this is pretty much all because of the Fox movies and the fact that he has appeared in every single one of them with the exception of Deadpool. Um, beyond that, Chris Claremont, my favorite X-Men author, and artist writer John Brine played a significant role in the character's development and artist Frank Miller collaborated with Claremont and helped revise the character with a four-part eponymous limited series in from September to December of 1982 and this debuted Wolverine's catchphrase I'm the best there is at what I do but what I what, what I do best isn't very nice ultimately Wolverine ended up surpassing what he was meant to be he was meant to be just a cameo um, but he's probably one of the most retconned characters in Marvel because he's a character whose identity unravels the longer that he is in comics so I'm gonna say this now there is a crap ton of Wolverine origins and histories and stuff that I'm not gonna get into here because it's extremely convoluted and it is all over the place and just to put that into context if you have not um, done your X-Men research, done your Wolverine research, Wolverine actually doesn't have an origin story in 2001. So that is a full 27 years after he was introduced, and this was done in a miniseries named Origins. Any questions? No. Nope. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no questions. Uh, the only thing, I mean, your comment on like Wolverine being like the most popular X-Men in the public conscious, I think is a thousand percent right. Like, I think if you, I think if you go ask anybody who hadn't, like, I think even, even now, like if you ask someone like, who is Wolverine, they'll probably just say Hugh Jackman. If you ask them who Jean Grey is, they probably can't remember the actress from like the Fox films. And they probably, which one? So the funny thing is, exactly what I'm saying. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying like, I think just them having that same Wolverine makes like him basically the X-Men so yeah, it's funny you say like Jean Grey because I remember even growing up with all the X Men cartoons. I still never even thought 
Jean Grey was like the most popular X Men ever. Yeah, so like I like X Men is by far my favorite series in Marvel, and for the longest time, I actually took a lot of crap, like even growing up reading X Men, because um, Jean Grey's Dark Phoenix Saga and the Phoenix Saga is general in general is one of the most popular runs of the X Men, and it's like credited as amazing writing. I think it's overhyped. Um, I don't like Jean Grey, but she is pretty much she's an Omega level mutant, which means she has. The, one of the strongest power sets and at least from what I remember from the cartoons and like the X-Men culture that I was in Jean Grey was always one of the top ones that you would say um, nobody likes Cyclops but everybody loves Jean Grey well it's funny because I mean obviously we knew she was relevant but like when you go outside even the cartoons like even the comic stuff like into like the video game section there's a lot she probably doesn't seem to be in there or at least compared to like Wolverine in a lot of the games like even like the spinover or crossover type games yeah so I think in the crossover type games I think you're absolutely right I do remember in X-Men Legends which is that video game that pretty much played just like um Avengers Ultimate Alliance uh, which is I love that game it's so good um Jean Grey actually had a really big part in it yeah no I mean I believe um, she did but the main thing was yeah. like when you start crossing over and like when they take like the quote-unquote iconic figure to yeah. like who we're gonna so grab I think, she would not seem to be one I of think them. the reason that it's remembered like that is due to the Fox Wolverine uh, the the Fox films that come out. That's one of the reasons that spurs a lot of his single issue comics is because the moment Hugh Jackman stepped on screen as Wolverine, people loved it. And it's also just way cooler to see claws than like somebody hold their temples and stare at you yeah. really hard. Yeah. All the shade intended for Jean Grey. I don't like that woman. Um, she also breaks Logan's heart a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would definitely say probably, probably when his origins come out, probably about like 2000 to 2002 is like when he really hits a stride. And like now I think it's really hard to think of anybody that isn't Wolverine. Like if you ask people to list X-Men, it's probably going to be him first. Um, and that's, and I think that's also come over into comics. Like it's one of those things where that trend has stuck, um, comics wise, where even comics fans love Wolverine more. Plus, when you have a healing factor in a game, you're just always OP. Well, yeah. You just have to roll. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to go into a couple of the origins so far as publication history is sitting. So the first origin I'm going to go with is when Lynn Wine said on the X-Men Origins Wolverine Blu-ray special features that he has read 10 things you did not know about Wolverine, which states the character was originally intended to be a mutated Wolverine cub. And this pretty much rekindled Wine's frustration around this myth that Wolverine was meant to literally be a mutated Wolverine. Um, that is was never a thing that any of the creators had in mind. It was one of those pop culture urban legends that just kept going around. Um, ultimately, the origin of wolverine's publication and was because they essentially went to the artist and said i want a very short very angry canadian that was the description that they were given to write that was the description that they were given to draw and we ended up with logan um which i think is a very accurate uh like one sentence summary of what wolverine is very short very angry and very canadian um, so he was always meant to be a mutant. So if you ever hear that floating around, um, that is debunked by his creators themselves. Um, Wolverine, always a mutant, not a mutated Wolverine. So in an article about the evolution of Wolverine included in the 1986 reprint of the Incredible Hulk, 
um, his debut issues, 180 and 181. Um, Cockrum said he, which is the uh, the person on the book, said he considered having the high evolutionary play a vital role in making Wolverine a human. And writer Wine wanted Wolverine to be essentially the age of a young adult with superhuman strength and agility similar to Spider-Man. Essentially, this changed the moment Wine saw Cockrum's drawing, which the moment they un unmask Wolverine, he's like a middle-aged man. Uh, he wasn't supposed to be that, but he ends up being that. Um, so there's a lot of pieces of Wolverine's history that are kind of accidents. Like even the iconic, like big blue, like the big eye shapes that he has over him, that like that his mask is, that was a mistake. The artist actually did not mean to draw them that large, um, but they liked it and went that direction and kept it. Um, Wine originally intended the claws to be attractable, retractable and a part of Wolverine's gloves, and both the gloves and claws would be made of ad adamantium. And then Chris Claremont eventually revealed that they were integrated into Wolverine's anatomy in X-Men number 98 in April of 1976. Writer Jeff Loeb used a similar origin for Wolverine in the Marvel um, in the Marvel continuity, having feral mutants be an evolved life form. So essentially all this goes to say one he doesn't have one origin because it's a whole bunch of writers essentially inserting what they want wolverine to be over time as they write which makes it a really terrible history to retell um but on top of that it really goes to point out that even wolverine's power set develops as he's written and he's one of those heroes and i think it's because he comes later later and was created in the 70s that like he doesn't have something that has to stay the same and because wolverine exists absent of his memories a lot of the time and a lot of the runs without remembering his past or trying to hide his past it allows you to have these things come up because wolverine doesn't even know himself the reader doesn't know Wolverine and you can bring up surprises or retcon him. Um, so in the second, the second piece to the origin that I want to say is John Bryan stated in both interviews and his website that he drew a possible face for Wolverine and then learned that Dave Cockrum had already drawn him unmasked in X-Men 98, long before Bryan's run on the series. And so later, Brian um, ended up using the drawing of the face for Sabretooth. So essentially, his biggest foe, Victor Creed, was actually supposed to be what Wolverine was supposed to look like. Because Wolverine appeared so... Uh, he was mostly masked with the exception of like that one unmatched drawing um, that it pretty much... He, he had to do something with it, and it became Sabretooth. And... Um, and Sabretooth was an enemy of the martial artist superhero Iron Fist, whose stories Chris Claremont was writing at the time. Brian then conceived the idea of Sabretooth being Wolverine's father, and together with Brian and Claremont came up with Wolverine being approximately 60 years old and having served in World War II after escaping from Sabretooth, who was approximately 120 years old. Again, none of this makes sense. At all. does. <laughs> like this to me is kind of as confusing as Sailor Moon continuity. No, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no moon babies in this one. No, just no, a massive it, it, amounts of retconning. Yeah, lots of retconning. Um lots of retconning and like even though like all this happens, like we still don't get like an actual origin story until like what 30 years later. Yeah, 2001. <laughs> So like oh. none of this stuff. Sometimes this stuff really even matters too much. 
But Chris Claremont, Chris, Chris Claremont, super nice man. I met him at a Comic Con, and he was super nice and talked to us about X Men. So I gave him a pass for being crazy with this continuity. <laughs> I mean, Chris Claremont pretty much solidifies like X Men as we know them, and like, yeah. he pretty much sets the archetype for what the X Men will be every issue after and every run after he finishes. Um, I love that man. Um, okay, so brief, brief, brief solidified origin. <laughs> In all honesty, I understand, like I already said, that this piece of the podcast has been everywhere. So I am going to go ahead and try and make this as succinct as I can now that I've given you his art, his publication, and all that stuff. So Wolverine was born in the late 1880s in the Northwest Territories in Canada. Um, specifically, he has like this weird, he has like parent trauma as well. <laughs> um, so he lives in a house with his mom and his dad, and then they find out that his dad isn't his real dad. And then his real dad tries to kill them. And then he flees with his mom, but then his mom kills herself and then it leaves Wolverine alone. And it's super, super dark. And that's from the 2001 or, or uh, the 2001 origins miniseries. Um, and you don't really see this. Like it, it kind of haunts him every now and then. And that's why he takes on the name of Logan, which is why it's important because that was the last name of his real father. Um, and over his tenure as a comic book character, he served as a spy, a samurai, a soldier of fortune, an X-Man, an Avenger, a horseman of the apocalypse, and even a member of the all-Canadian super squadron called Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight is actually really fun to, it's fun to read, so if you can find a copy, I highly suggest you pick it up. But the story everyone knows, thanks to the movies, is that he was a part of the Weapon X program created which has pretty much created him into what he is now. He was born with all of his powers, which include the healing factor and retractable bone claws. This is his mutation specifically, but the program added adamantium into his body, into his skeleton, and pretty much gives him that extra durability that you're looking for. Um, but essentially... The reason they did this is because they found out about his healing factor and they get, they perform a complete vivisection, which is cutting apart every piece of his body while he's alive to do all of this. So it's a highly traumatic experience that happens and it was against his will. Um, and I think there's like a few where it wasn't, but like it was mostly concurrently against his will. Um, but then you, there are some instances where you see him getting maybe a power or two from the Weapon X program, but that's not canon. Those are like outside stuff. Um, and his healing factor is facilitated by artificial improvements, um, improvements he was subjected to under Weapon X. So like he had like a smaller healing factor, but then it got like a larger healing factor. Again, Wolverine has a terrible history of retconning. Um, but in later later comics as well, Weapon that Weapon, Weapon X program becomes known as Weapon Plus program. And his skeleton ends up being reinforced, and he is pretty much indestructible. Um, while the adamantium in his body stops and reduce, helps reduce injuries, so like bone breakages and stuff like that, his healing factor has to work constantly to prevent the metal from killing him because it slowly poisons him over time. His healing factor also dramatically affects his aging process, which allows him to live far beyond the normal lifespan of a human. Despite being born in the late 19th century, he has the appearance conditioning 
health and vitality of a man in his physical prime. While seemingly age seemingly ageless, it is unknown exactly how greatly his healing factor extends his life expectancy. He's pretty much immortal, kind of. It's been alluded that you can kill him by drowning without some extenuating circumstance, like losing his healing factor or something like that. Um, it's really convoluted. But yeah. Also, fun fact, just because Wolverine is virtually indestructible does not mean that he doesn't feel pain. He has all of his senses, including all of his pain receptors. So every time he gets hurt, he feels it. Yeah, Hulk like legit rips him in half and he like climbs up a mountain and like puts himself back together again. That is such a good what if. <laughs> like, so like he ripped he got ripped in half and still lived. Yep. Um, and if you don't know, um, I think we kind of talked about Elseworlds on uh, another one of the podcasts. So Elseworlds is DC's version of, like, what if this happened? And Marvel has a version of that literally called What Ifs. Um, and that was the Hulk versus Wolverine. And it's so good. And it just shows you how insane his powers are. <laughs> um, he's also been decapitated and rolled over by a steamroller, which I'll explain who did that later on. <laughs> so... His, but why those? I have quite a few for the character, and this is a little... I don't know how to say that. These are, but why those that are important to what makes him a great character? Because essentially what makes Wolverine an amazing character, and probably the biggest, but why though, as to why he resonates with us, other than just looking really cool, is because he kind of subverts a lot of stereotypes. So he is really, really gruff. He is really, really physical and brawn, brawny, but he's not stupid at all. He's angry, but he's not stupid. And during his uh, time in Japan and other countries, Wolverine ends up becoming proficient in a whole bunch of different martial arts um, from varying fighting styles. He is proficient with most weaponry, including firearms. This is this came from his extensive time in the military. He served in the Vietnam World War. He met Captain America and became best friends with him in World War II, um, World War I. Like, he's fought a whole bunch. Um, and he's also really, um, oh, and even though he's really good with weaponry, he prefers his claws. Uh, he has also demonstrated sufficient skills to defeat expert martial artist Shang-Chi, um, and that is really cool because you take any sort of martial arts training that Iron Fist has and you raise that to, like, the umpteenth level, and that is Shang-Chi. Um, and, uh, and he also defeated Captain America in single combat, so without the use of his claws. He is highly skilled in the field of espionage and covert operations, having done stints on different spec ops teams. So even though he has what I'm going to describe next as berserker rage, he's anything but stupid. And that's one of the things that like a lot of a lot of characters that like it's a trope of having somebody who is all muscle be stupid. Um, and that's something that they don't do with Wolverine at all. Um, he subverts that. So his Berserker Rage is pretty much what happens in close combat. And in this state, he lashes out with intensity and aggression of an enraged animal and is even more resistant to psionic attacks. And psionic attacks are telepathic attacks. Um, though he loathes it, he acknowledges that it has saved his life many times. And it most notably saved him when he was facing telepath Mr. X. Um, because X's abilities to read his mind and predict his next mood in a fight were useless because when... He 
when he's in berserker mode. It's weird. Essentially think of his berserker mode as like clear your mind in yoga. There's nothing going on in there because he's just attacking. And a lot of that has to do with that whole like fight or flight thing. And because he's supposed to have like hyper animal tendencies. Um, so despite his apparent ease at taking lives, he also regrets a lot of the killing that happens from his berserker rages. And he also has a really like big sense of personal honor and morality. And this is another thing that he subverts because a lot of the times when you have characters like this, they're on the evil side. They're not on the good side. Um, in contrast to his brutish nature, he also is knowledgeable on a whole bunch of other things because he's lived a very long time and has traveled the world and has amassed this giant pool of language that he that he speaks. He's fluent in English, Japanese, Russian, Chinese, uh, Chinese, Cheyenne, Spanish, Arabic, and Lakota. And he also has been shown in comics speaking French, Filipino, Thai, Vietnamese, Italian, Korean, Hindi, um, Telugu, Persian, German, and Portuguese. So like... This man is really cool. <laughs> He's not just cut things up, which I think he gets reduced to a lot. And I think part of that is due to the movies. Um, another reason he's really important to the X-Men and really important to comics as a whole is because he's a father figure. And I mean this in pretty much every way I can. Not only does he have his own arc with his own children, um, uh, most notably Dakin and Laura Kinney, which is kind of not really a child in that she's a clone. Um, and uh, fun fact, she's actually kind of like Carly Quinn in that she was developed for TV first in X-Men Evolution, and then she ended up being brought over to comics. Um, Wasn't that show terrible? No, that show's good. Which one's the terrible one? Wolverine and the X-Men. Which one's on Netflix? Not X-Men Evolution. That one was terrible. No? The one that was on Netflix was. I don't remember which one that was. I've watched all of them, and the only one I didn't like was Wolverine and the X-Men. I didn't like that one either, but I'm trying to think which one. I liked X-Men Evolution because it had a dope-ass rogue. Although they messed up because she wasn't with Gambit. That was really weird. Um, But, anyway. So, the cool thing that you have here is... You have Wolverine, like Wolverine is a loner, but he's also a loner who sucks at being a loner and everybody is kind of really drawn to him and he uses his ability to deal with his own personal trauma and issues to reach out to people like Kitty Pride and Jubilee um, and even Kamala Khan um, to guide them through whatever problems they're going through and to really act as a mentor and to teach them um kind of like we see in the logan movie where it's like i've made these mistakes you do not have to make them um the coolest thing is that you see this trajectory in laura kinney and the reason i'm calling her laura kinney and x23 is because she refuses to get called by x23 because she's not the weapon that they made her to be she is the complete product of being taught against that and outgrowing that um and a lot of that has to do with wolverine himself um, and it's really important to highlight that although Wolverine is this figure that is just hyper aggressive, he has shown time and time and again his ability to tap into his emotions and work through things specifically to help others, which is what at the end of the day keeps him as a hero, 
which is what brings us into our next but why though he isn't a tech he isn't the typical hero but is he really an anti-hero <laughs> like ultimately um and this is kind of hard because like most of the heroes if you just go on physicality um, heroes are tall and attractive and they don't really smoke or swear or drink excessively. Like these are what we give, these are treats, traits we give to anti-heroes or traits we give to villains. And he, because he is, um, what do you call it? Um, because of his healing factor, he has to drink a lot to feel anything and so he's an extremely heavy drinker and smoker and he does go on binges and it's probably one of the biggest things that professor x has a problem with um but he it doesn't face any of the effects because well he heals um he's also canonically five foot three inches he's extremely short um and ultimately he was based on a literal concept of a wolverine. Um, so wolverines were small yet, this is a quote, um, wolverines were small yet fierce, noted for attacking animals far larger than themselves. So I wanted him short, fierce, and bad-tempered. Everything else I pretty much left to Len Wein. And he... They're like honey badgers. Yeah. But a lot smaller. They're cute. I looked up a whole bunch of pictures. They're adorable. I think they're also dying a lot too. They are. I think they'll probably be extinct. I believe they have a disease that's just wiping them out and they can't figure it out. That also popped up when I looked up why wolverines matter. Yeah, they're dying. It's it's sad. Um, they're trying, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it pretty soon. Yeah, to get out of this darkness. Um, fun fact, Hugh Jackman, in order to get in touch with his animal side, studied wolves because he did not think that wolverines were a real animal. Yeah, well. He did not know they were real. People aren't the brightest. <laughs> um, anyway, Wolverine does have a typical background for a lot of tough antiheroes that emerged in our pop culture around and after the Vietnam War. Uh, specifically, his willingness to use deadly force and his brooding nature, which became standard characteristics for a lot of antiheroes at the end of the 80s. So this is kind of what brings you into the Punisher. If you listen to that episode, we talk a lot about that. Um, and pretty much since 1988, Wolverine has had his own ongoing series or has been featured somewhere. Um, and I mean, ultimately, I'd, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about it. Because like, I have a hard time classifying Wolverine as an antihero for like the biggest piece of his work. I think it's really important to highlight that one of Wolverine's biggest strengths is actually overcoming that selfishness. And thinking for the team, overcoming that aggressive nature that is that he can't control. Because a lot of the times when he kills people, he's in berserker mode. He's not actively making the choice to kill people. And ultimately, and this is, goes into another but why though that we that I have for him is his his mental health. Like he deals with PTSD and it's been showcased in the movies and in comics. Um because of the experiments done to him as well as the deaths that he's caused like this isn't something that sits well with him like he's not frank castle i just mowed down a gang and i feel nothing about it um he's even been brought to the point of contemplating suicide well full well knowing that he can't 
Um, and he isolates himself a lot. Like there's actually, um, it's after Wolverine goes to hell, which is an arc, um, which essentially he pisses off a group of people and they seek revenge on him by trapping him in a circle and sending him to hell while his body ends up getting possessed. Um, which is actually kind of something that happens to a lot of anti-heroes like the Punisher. Um, but after he goes through that entire ordeal, he ends up secluding himself in the wilderness and living with a pack of wolves. And then poachers end up killing those wolves and he actually hunts down poachers who killed his pack to get revenge on them because they harmed the wolves he was living with. Um, kind of like John Wick style. Um, but ultimately, like I think that they're... like. In my opinion, I can't label Wolverine an anti-hero because his entire character arc is about overcoming the, that darkness within himself to become truly heroic. And that, I think that's one of the reasons why he resonates with a lot of people because he gives you both sides of aspirational and um, identifiable like brokenness. Everybody likes broken people. Yeah, that's why I love Marvel heroes over DC heroes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Man, like, when I think of like anti-heroes, I don't think of Wolverine, like just listening to that, like I think of like Deadpool, and I think of like Punisher, and even like in my other you know interests, like I think of like Vegeta. I don't think of Wolverine. I think mainly because of one of your first, but why though is it like his fatherly nature, um, and him serving as a father figure, and him being a part of so many teams. Like that's not like anti-hero e to me. At, like at its core, but then he does have like the you know killing a lot of people. people. But like, I also don't think that like not all heroes have to be goddamn Captain America. Goddamn it! Like he still does right things. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's an anti-hero for a lot of the reasons you said. I'm trying not, not to say things, same things, say the same things that you said. Uh, but I don't see him as an anti-hero mainly just because of his willingness to be like parts of a team, even though he doesn't really want to, because he knows like people are working towards like greater goods and stuff. I don't know if I can really say that about other anti-heroes that are pretty popular, you know, like the Vegetas and the Punishers and the Deadpools. Um, and obviously kind of like you guys said, he's not your traditional like highlight of, I guess, anti-heroes, but I think he falls more in that range than he does a hero. I don't really care about the fatherly stuff. I know it gets played a lot because now we have to all be fatherly figures. And well, some... he's been fatherly for I pretty know. much his entire run, so it's not a recent thing. It's just, hmm? well, it, I know that, but I'm about like when it comes to like, he seems to have like a few people, but I'm talking about like as far as like a team wise of him being there. It just seems like he's there because <sighs> out of guilt. He's there because he basically is like, I have to do this good, even though this sucks. And I probably shouldn't. And it's like, oh, I probably shouldn't kill people. And it's bad. I mean, he genuinely loves multiple members of his team, though. Like, he isn't there. Like, he, I, I do agree with you, though. I do think in the beginning, when Professor X first finds him, a lot of it has to do with, like, selfish motives that he's on the team. Like, he does it because he wants help. Yeah. Um, but I do think that a lot of the complexities of the X-Men team and like the leadership roster, like it ends up involving to him genuinely buying into sorry, buying into this idea of a team and genuinely caring about these people. And oh, 
Other fun fact, pretty much every girlfriend Wolverine has had has been killed by Sabretooth on his birthday. Not even an exaggeration. Not even an exaggeration. Like, there's one where he's living in a cabin, and it's his birthday, and he leaves, and he comes back, and Sabretooth has killed his girlfriend. That's sad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he cares about the team. I guess, like, what piece, I guess, what would you say that he's the, what, what makes him the most anti-hero, I guess? I just don't think he's going to run out to do good. I think he just does do good against, because he feels he possibly has to, not that he wants to. Mm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Mostly because the dude's fought in, like, so many wars and, like, seen so many things that he does step in. Now, I I would say, to your point, though, if we're talking about do good as in do I let this villain live or do I kill this villain, Wolverine is going to kill the villain. Well, we know that. (laughs) Like, I can see that. In most instances, especially if it's, like, an Omega-level mutant, he's going to go against, like, Charles. Like, he checks Charles a lot of the time because Charles is like that lawful good um and that isn't Wolverine like he he does notice when violence has a place I mean yeah it's hard like that's why I asked the question because I don't think he fits a hero mold like I don't think he fits Captain America but I don't he doesn't fit the Punisher either and they actually they do have a crossover where Wolverine meets the Punisher and they team up to stop somebody and the Punisher ends up not liking Wolverine so much and thinking Wolverine is like beyond repair that he kills Wolverine or uh yeah does he kill him or attempt to kill him I don't know he rolls him over with a steamroller I know that much um because they don't get along but do you see him in the middle or you just see him as an anti-hero? I don't see him in the middle. I see him leaning more towards anti-hero than actual hero. I mean, he made too good and I think he won. I mean, possibly thing. I just don't think unless it's necessarily... Wait, possibly thing. What do you mean possibly thing? Like I said, I just don't think he's going out of his way to do good. More of like this whole like, oh, I probably should do this. Not I. Oh, let's go do this today, guys. It's more of ah, oh, fuck. We gotta go do this. I mean, that makes sense. Like Wolverine's the dude that's sitting in a bar and can't say no to stopping the bar fight, but he's gonna wait till the bar fight gets really dangerous to step in. Right. I I could see that. I can see that. I do think he just genuinely does have a good heart. Yeah, I mean, because if he didn't, like, he would just stay in Canada his whole life. Yeah. And then like wouldn't go to wars and stuff. I think he's just, like, not as anti-hero as our anti-heroes are. Like, he's, like, no Punisher. He's not even really a Deadpool. He's not even, like... And uh, a lot of his killings... Is, is Amanda Waller, like out Amanda of Waller his... count as anti-hero? Yeah, like, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't put him in that realm either. Actually, Amanda Waller's, like, anti-hero to villain. Like, that's kind of her scale, depending yeah. what story you're reading. Yeah, I, I mean, I put him, like more towards the hero side but i didn't think he think he has like anti-hero tendencies just because of like what we define as anti-hero but just from what we've had like over so long of what anti-heroes are depicted of in our basically you know our movies and our tv shows i don't know if he's 
in that realm anymore. Like maybe like in Logan when he's old and just cares about himself and like Xavier, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's I tough. Think, he's a complicated man. He really is. And I think that's one of the reasons. So this is one of the things. I don't know if he was meant to be complicated or if he just ended up being complicated because so many different writers just added different things to the character that he just didn't make sense. Um, I genuinely do think he's a good character, though. And I think ultimately, like, the heart of what you all are saying is that, and kind of what we're all saying, is that he's, like, and this is one of his but why, those, what does he symbolize? And he is both a product and a criticism of the Vietnam War. And he doesn't, he's a guy without a past. And he's re- he's reluctant to be a weapon, but he's also the best weapon. And he's constantly trying to keep himself from relapsing into this apathetic and berserker state, um, which he definitely does have to your point, Matt. He also is ha- has PTSD, but he's, and on top of that, he's noble and he's a failed samurai. He's doomed to be alone, like outliving so many people, like so outliving so many people and without a lot of that saving grace, because the moment he gets a taste of that happiness or a taste of that pure herodom, it's taken away from him. Um, like he's completely denied Captain America's sense of morality Iron Man's like utopian view of the world of what the world could be. He like Wolverine does not see the world that way. He doesn't see it as something that could be utopian. And he doesn't have Thor's like assured sense of superiority as pretty much being a god. Like Wolverine exists as like a counter to all of the heroes that Marvel has made its name on. And in I think the reason he fits so well into the X-Men is because of all this stuff that he symbolizes because the X-Men are very flawed. Like, I, like, seriously, name me a single X-Man who has not gone to the side of the Brotherhood and Magneto at least once or have thought about it. Like, there's a, like, there's a darkness in X-Men and there's a darkness in Wolverine that I think speaks to, like, true, like, the true way humans are. Um, and that's why I really like them. And I think ultimately that's one of the reasons why Wolverine is a great character. Um, cause he fully acknowledges what he is and he never pretends not to be. He just tries to run away from it. Um, anything else? No. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just thinking about what you're saying. I'm just intaking it all. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I'm trying to think of something I can say. In addition to it, but no, I think I think you painted that what he symbolizes perfectly. He he's 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 like like I know like we talked about earlier, but like he's what I think about when I think about the X Men. You know, like troubled, but still trying to do good things despite like the messed up world. It's like he could like go kill anybody, and basically has. But like he can go like go kill anybody if he wanted to, but he decides to do what is like supposed to be like the morally right thing. And I think that's what makes that's why I like him more than I like you know someone like an Iron Man or even like a Thor or a Captain America, like you said, because he's more complicated. And I don't know why I like complicated. I don't I don't know why we got talked about it in our Superman because episode. Like good taste. I don't know like why like we talked about like our Superman episode um, in our last um, last week, but like I'm okay with like complicated characters who need a troubled past to like overcome. That just I like character development like that. It takes more for him to come over all of the things and like the hundreds of years of like 
messed up stuff that he's been through. And that just makes him more interesting. And after all of that, deciding to stick with the X-Men and stick with all of those different characters who are also struggling with their own moralities and things like that, it just makes him a, as a symbol, like a good character. I think as a person, like I said, he, I don't think he, I think he knows what he's supposed to do, but doesn't mean he wants to do it. So it's like he does stuff out of duty versus like a moral compass, I guess. Yeah. Like he's basically, I don't have sympathy or apathetic for the things, but I know, oh, I probably should do this because apparently that is the right thing to do. Not because I feel this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I could buy that a little bit for Wolverine. I, mean, I think ultimately, too, like that's why these characters are here because, like, we each have a different reaction and reading of them. Um, like, I think Magneto's an anti hero, but I also think I also <laughs> was gonna name Magneto in like the anti hero thing, but I didn't, I didn't want you to attack me, but I didn't know that you thought he's anti hero, so yeah, I do because I he's not a straight Magneto villain. Too. Yeah. Magneto had valid points, I thought valid he was pro genocide. Thanos, also anti hero. Yeah. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Thanos is a hero. Thanos is a hero. Oh, He's what gosh. we all need. Let's not reopen that conversation from our Infinity War spoiled review. But, but, like, but like, honestly, though, like Magneto wants to get rid of half the population. Thanos wants to get rid of half the population. Thanos I mean, wants to do it randomly and not like subjugate anyone particularly. I think Thanos is the better anti-hero in that argument, too. <laughs> That's fair. No, it's not. Magneto <laughs> <laughs> had valid points. He does. I mean, ultimately, wipe it out. Anyway, the other reason why he matters is Hugh Jackman. That is an entire but why though in and of itself. Hugh Jackman played Wolverine for 17 damn years. 17 that's years. so long. That, that is, is an so entire, long. like, like. That's, that's a whole person. That's a whole yeah. young person. That's pretty much the bulk of my adulthood. Like, I was 10. I was 10 when Hugh Jackman started playing Wolverine. Like, that's insane. Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine is older than some of the kids I teach. <laughs> that's okay. crazy. I mean, and this isn't to say that Wolverine has had amazing movies. He hasn't. Wolverine has been in some terrible movies. He has led some very terrible movies. Um and he but he got his own trilogy. Um so it's X-Men Origins, The Wolverine and then Logan is his trilogy. But he Did has Do we really count that? What? Do we really count that as his trilogy? Yeah. Really? Why is it not his trilogy? Do we even care about those first two movies? No, but they are canonically his trilogy. Hey man, I like X Men Origins. Are they actually what Wolverine? I, I didn't think no. it was. It's better. It's Which better one? than Origins. Wolverine. So Origins, I didn't think Deadpool was bad. with his. Hold on. Okay, it's not a Deadpool Steve. movie. It's yeah, for one, hold on. One, I didn't think Origins was that bad of a movie until the end. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think people get so caught up with the Deadpool thing. I mean, the Deadpool Deadpool thing ruined a lot of that movie, but I think the for entire over... back half of that movie is. Awful. Yeah, the back part of that movie and the ending is terrible. Look, his origin, you know what? I'll give you that. His origin story in the very beginning of the movie is really good. That's especially what I'm saying. The first when he goes whole, into like, the bomb hole. That's yeah. really good. The whole first like, when maybe he saber tooth running through like the wars and stuff. That's everything dope. else is ass. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think that. It's better than the second one for sure. 
So the second one actually isn't a bad movie. It that is just sucks. the second one sucks because it is entirely comic makes, inaccurate. It makes and it, no sense. Well, it ruins the my favorite X Men storyline, which is the Silver Samurai arc, and it it, it just it makes no takes sense. a big old poo on it, and it's awful. I don't even know if that movie was bad. I was just so confused. I think it's a decent movie if you take out your comic brain. Same thing with X Men Origins. I thought Origins the first like probably like little over half the movie, maybe almost the three fourths movie is not that. I'd bad. sit through forty five minutes of Origins. It was pretty good, and then once they that whole last like third act, and then when they try to throw in whatever they thought was Deadpool, just ruins the entire movie. I would sit through forty five minutes of Origins. Okay, I can agree with you guys in that. I would sit through forty five minutes of Origins over rewatching the Wolverine. That's what I'm saying because as much as a lot of what gets blasted from Origins is literally the Deadpool stuff. It's the entire back half of the movie. The moment it stops being like him in the past. It's bad. It hurts my comic brain so much. The funny thing is you're mad and we just went through this. We spent the first 45 minutes of this episode going, he has no origin and people just retcon the crap out of this. I know. So if they didn't actually screw up the Deadpool, I don't know how bad you can really get mad. Well, it's also not just Deadpool. Like, a lot of the other characters that entire, like, people that he's with, a lot of them are messed up, too. It's, like, not... I mean, I don't care about all the little young X-Men that are supposed to be in there. Those people all died in the helicopter. No, not those people. I'm not talking about those people. Um, And how many times have the different versions of those people popped up in the X-Men movies? Yeah, it's... Like, I I think at the end of the day, like, the Fox franchise is just a complete shit show. And it is way more of the blame than Hugh Jackman does. Oh yeah, and I wasn't blaming Hugh Jackman. None of this is on Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was Wolverine in every movie. All of these movies. Yeah. (laughs) No, entirely. The writing of these movies and the directing of these movies are very questionable. Um, But the cool thing is, is although the entire X Men franchise that is six movies plus this movie makes nine or his trilogy makes nine um he has played himself in all of them even if he hasn't had a major part he had a major part in days of futures past um but he has cameos in um first class as well as uh, age of apocalypse and he has played himself no matter what which i think is super damn cool mostly because i don't think they could get anybody else to play wolverine um, the same way I feel like McAvoy is a terrible Charles Xavier. Um, but ultimately, like, he makes it. And it's funny because when he was first casted, people hated it. Because Hugh Jackman's 6'2". He's a full, almost a full foot taller than what Wolverine is supposed to be. And in the movies, Brian Singer actually had uh cyclops who is supposed to tower over wolverine wear elevator shoes like uh robert downey jr and tom cruise do because uh james marsden is only 510 so like compared to like i can't even picture a 5-3 hugh jackman running through the forest i just don't cgi him down so like if you watch a lot of the animations and like stuff, it actually looks cool that he's tiny. He's a tiny, tiny man. But I I don't know if it would have worked on screen. 
Like, oh, and God, I and no. I there's no way. There's and I don't no know way. who else they could have gotten to play Hugh Jackman except maybe Tom Cruise because that's his height. I mean, at this point, we're talking what 1997, the first movie. Yeah, I believe so. Well, the first movie was 17 years. Oh, it was 1999. 99, 97. Nope, 2000. 2000. 2000. 2000. Yeah, 2000. Yeah, I can't think of anybody. But it's also like he's just been on the screen for 17 years. If you would ask me this question back in 2000, I would have also been like eight, and I probably don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know who's gonna play him ever again because of like how good. I think the only thing that I don't like is that we don't get enough. And I know because they had him there, you know, he lost his memory and yada, yada, yada. But I forgot that he spoke all those languages. Yeah. Which, and that's one of the things that I, I, I tried to like say, like, I think the movies have actually done the character. I think Logan, and this is one of the reasons why Logan is the best comic movie of all time. Um, Logan does him justice, but I think a lot of the other ones, they do very much play into like, this dude is just a drunk. This dude is just angry. This dude is you know has a berserker mode that he can't control and he doesn't have too much depth i think they kind of try it in the first three x-men films where they try to show that emotional depth and that like fatherly nature towards rogue um but at the same time i don't think they really give him the credit he deserves as a tactician as a strategist and i think a lot of it comes from the dynamic with cyclops and them keep them trying to make Cyclops happen when Cyclops was obviously not going to happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that I think that's why they that's why I was saying the exact same thing uh, because Cyclops is supposed to be kind of like the you know goody boy smart guy and Hugh Jackman is supposed to be like the dumb brute guy. Uh, so I guess that makes a lot of sense, even though yeah. Cyclops was terrible. Yeah, I mean James Marsden was perfectly casted, but Cyclops yeah, is awesome. terrible in the comics. I hate him so much. Yeah, like. And that's one of like that that has been one of my biggest critiques of the movies for the longest time, actually, because um they also pretty much do the same thing. The storm is and she doesn't have a lot of lines, even though she is pretty much the leader of the X-Men, um, of her own team for the X-Men, and has been a leader in Cyclops' stead a lot of the times and has shown herself more competent. Um, but this isn't a storm episode. Um, but so is Wolverine, and Wolverine has proven time and time again his ability to actually rally the young. Xavier students and I think the movies definitely miss that dynamic mark um, not because of Hugh Jackman but it has to do with a lot of the writing because I think the pieces of the X-Men movies that really focus on who Hugh Jackman is as Logan and what he's been through I think they do it kind of well but they don't show a lot of that character dynamic and I think ultimately Logan who Logan is also the first superhero movie to win an Oscar in the screenplay category for like actual writing. Um, and the fact that Jackman took a pay cut in order for this movie to get R rated because it was almost not R rated. Um, I love when they're like, he took a pay cut. Like, I mean, really? he still got really? paid a lot oh, of money. I'm sorry, Hugh Jackman. I know the hundred million you already have, you only get two million for this movie instead of six. Hold me back. I don't think they actually have his pay cut raise but so the the bod the budget for the movie was 58 million so he got a p like that part of that went to pay him obviously but ultimately like jackman as i know what you're saying with the whole pay cut thing like you're still a millionaire uh but it essentially his pay cut is what lets fox say fine we'll do an r-rated movie and we'll do an r-rated wolverine just because like wolverine is what kids know so like make your money on wolverine right um but i think logan 
in my opinion, out of any movie that I've seen, any comic book movie I've seen, does the best at capturing the spirit of a character on screen. Um, and like what what Logan is supposed to be, not just at the end of his life, but throughout his entire life. Um, and ultimately, Logan, with his death in the movie, spoiler alert, um, it marks the end of Hugh Jackman's run as Wolverine. Um, but he's been taking a lot of pictures with Ryan Reynolds. So baby X-Force, because Deadpool is the only Fox fran- uh, Fox movies that he hasn't been in, even though um, uh, the first Deadpool, um, even though in that movie, Ryan Reynolds, like, staples his face to his face and like men name drops him a whole bunch anyway so in logan like it marks the end of the chapter because he dies and a lot of that has to do with wolverine i mean with hugh jackman just not being able to play the wolverine anymore he'd been doing it for for 17 years um but he's also taking a lot of pictures with ryan reynolds so i'm hoping for x-force possibly or for him to just keep doing cameos and stuff so since we are talking about, I guess, Logan's death and whatnot, are we ever going to talk about basically how Marvel was, and we get the actual Wolverine character's death, when basically Marvel decides we're not making money, so we're going to kill off basically our X-Men? Yeah, so it's not because Marvel wasn't making money off of them. Marvel made is still making a lot of money from the X-Men because they're one of those tent poles in their staple of comics, but they didn't want Fox to make any money. Either way. So, like, the moment Marvel starts to realize, or, or pretty much the as the MCU starts to rise, they start to want to crush all of their other properties. It's the reason why the Fantastic Four is no, or was not a running comic for the longest time, and they stopped doing doing that and then effectively they were killing off x-men characters and i believe i talked about this in our x-men episode um and they started switching the framework from mutant to inhumans because they didn't want to give um essentially free public free publicity for the fox movies because that money wasn't going into disney's pocket because one of the only reasons that fox has or that sorry one of the only reasons that marvel has the rights to spider-man on screen is because sony went broke so essentially if you try to starve out people and they obviously couldn't kill off spider-man but sony just mismanaged a lot of they're essentially they were essentially just trying to push fox to the point where fox would have to either do something or build up their own brand which are the inhumans that would overtake mutant popularity and then they could spin off into stuff um, to take that shine away from Fox. Um, but now Marvel owns them, so it kind of doesn't really matter. And you see um, all the... Di- so there's X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, X-Men Gold, which are really, really well written um, out now and more continuous X-Men stories. But the arc, the death of Wolverine, happened in October of 2014. And it began after a virus from the microverse turned off Wolverine's healing factor, allowing his enemies to be able to kill him. Heroes such as Mr. Fantastic offered to work on finding a means for reactivating his healing factor, but Wolverine accepts who he is and decides not to fix it. Um, He ends up fighting um, fighting the people who are trying to um, kind of harness his abilities. And he, in the fight, he ends up slicing open a tank of, ad- of liquid adamantium and 
it gets on him and he kind of just resigns himself to his fate. And because of his healing factor, it just encases him and he like dies in the sunset. Um, and from that, you end up having an old Steve Rogers and Deadpool track down different pieces of his DNA that are available in the Marvel universe so that they can't be recreated or cloned. Um, and that, that comes out of the Marvel trying to stifle DC, but it also comes out of like, well, what do we do to Wolverine? What else could we do to Wolverine? Well, we'll actually kill him. But of course, he still continues in different comic books. So it doesn't really mean anything. And it's actually not a good arc. Like, it's uh, it's not highly rated. I think it sits at like a 5 to 6 out of 10. So. Cool. Yeah. To wrap this up, like Death of Wolverine. So we're going to come back in. Um, and the final but why, though, is that Wolverine is everywhere. And we kind of already talked about it, but he is pretty much the X-Men. I know that sounds sacrilegious, but in today, in the in two general audiences, Wolverine has surpassed any sort of idea of just being a villain or being a cameo piece. And he pretty much represents who the X-Men are um, to a lot of people. Um, he has appeared in television shows, video games, of course, the Fox movies, as I just said. And he's a highly rated character. Specifically, he was ranked number one in Wizard Magazine's 2008 Top 200 Comic Book Characters. He for he's fourth in Empire's Greatest Comic Book Characters of All Time and fourth on IGN's 2011 Top 100 Comic Book Characters. Okay, so... Ultimately, what does this come down to? This comes down to our fan, but why those? Um, and we don't have a lot of them today, and I'm sad. We have few. You just have to go find them. Yes. Okay. So first, we want to say, um, we want to say thanks again to Charles and read his but why those. So Wolverine matters because he is a hero who struggles with himself as much as any villain. He is constantly forced to face his own limitations and must overcome a past that haunts him to become the hero that he needs to be. I've struggled so much with my own darkness that he has always served as a reminder of what a person can overcome and how you never have to let traumas of your past define or limit what you can become tomorrow. And no matter how sick of people's shit he gets, he can never walk away. Lots of days, I need that reminder. That was a really good away though, Charles. Um, and I do definitely feel that with Wolverine. Um, from At Horror Shadows, uh, Wolverine matters because without him, he wouldn't have Sabretooth. We wouldn't have Sabretooth. From At Dr. Ragnarok, Wolverine is someone I described as an everyman superhero. He's not rich or all-powerful. He's a guy... He's a normal guy who just so happens to have powers despite all despite all the out of this world things he goes through. He's just a man trying to find peace. To me, he's the most human superhero. And then from at Got Stratosphere, Wolverine, when written well, matters because he is the personification of never giving up. His power set is fairly low, but he still lives by the ideal that it's all about the size of the fight and the dog. And an underdog with tenacity is not to be underestimated. I will say that is something we didn't talk about. Wolverine, in spite of knowing that Magneto can control his entire body, still repeatedly fights Magneto. You do realize I did say this because I compared him to a honey badger. Oh, yeah. And like you didn't actual... specifically say Magneto, though. I'm sorry. If you know the animal kingdom and you know the honey badger, and if you know about actual Wolverines, 
they're very small, but they will fight anything. Um, but yeah, thank you all for your but why those. We have a couple more. So um, from at CJ writes things, Logan is the ultimate redemption story. Here is a man who was cut open and transformed into a killing machine and found a new family and purpose with the X-Men. He wants to be better. And that matters to me. And I think that's all we have. And I guess just go in and do our final thoughts. Um, I'll start. I pretty much already gave my monologues about him, but I just think ultimately Wolverine surpassing everything that he was meant to be is huge. And I think that is not only what he's done in his publication history, but it's also what he's done as a character. His fight to never just become a mindless killing machine while also knowing that that could very well happen to him while help, like while helping people and fighting people is extremely important. And I think Hugh Jackman is extremely hot. And I love the Wolverine because of Hugh Jackman also. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think Wolverine is an amazing character. He's an amazing X-Men. Um, and he does really well on his own. And Logan is the best superhero movie of all time. Fight me. Uh, I guess for me, I mean, Wolverine's always been my favorite X-Men ever since the animated show, you know, when I was growing up. And then all the things that I've read from him. I agree, Logan. I think my favorite story is like the Logan story. And that's why I like the Logan movie, I think is so fantastic and i agree kate i think it's the best comic book movie like ever made just like one of my favorite movies that came out last year alone um because i think like some of the fan but wise though said he is out of like all the heroes that we've talked about on our show other than like tony stark who's like an actual human um he's just that humanity is kind of like always there and i think if i had his powers i think i'd be a lot of the same ways like Kind of like how Matt said, like I would want to do the right things, uh, but sometimes I just I, I would just want to drink and like drink my sorrows away, <laughs> but also still be able to stop any bar fight that happens ever. Uh, or I think start any bar fight that happens. Yeah, ever. <laughs> but I think he's just like the most relatable. It's like to me in the in like if anyone had superpowers, I think that like that's how like the average person would probably be, like drinking all the time and then just living that long. You get jaded. But at the end of the day, you probably want to do the right thing most of the time, even if it means that you have to kill a couple people in the aftermath. And Hugh Jackman's great. And yes. I would I would go in the Weapon X program. I, so, w- I would also go into the Weapon X program. So one, have either of you actually ever been in a bar fight? No. Yes. Cool. I was just wondering. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those questions people know all about bar fights but either you've seen a lot of them or you've seen none of them i've seen a few never been in one like what's the definition of seen a few did you watch a movie no <laughs> i actually saw them on sixth street those aren't good bar fights out there though no they're extremely drunken bar fights but not like in like a good way no the good ones are when you get like an actual like decent sized like bar fight and it's like actual thing not just somebody gets dropped in the first 10 seconds that's usually what happens but i saw somebody i saw somebody get hit once and then run up the back stairs of library <laughs> that was the part i've seen a lot of people get knocked cold it's great but, i mean to his credit he didn't get knocked out cold he just retreated yeah um forgot what's going on that's up yeah, I, but the interesting thing that I don't think we, we touched about touched on it a little bit, but I think people don't realize, one, I just don't think people can understand it in, in the 
overall, but is the concept of time. And as people who live for a long time, like I just that wears on people. And because you think time is for you a long time for a day or whatnot, but when you go through like over multiple lifetimes, even though we kind of do, because you kind of see the tail end of one or right the beginning of one in your life, but going through multiple generations, like say that he's over what a hundred years old, yeah. like seeing the concept of time. Oh, he's way over because he's eighteen eighty. Yeah, so, well, yeah, then he'd be about 120, depending on where you're going to start the timeline, or, like, the end of timeline. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that concept of time, of how much that just wears on you, of, like, as much as he tries to be a good person of not wanting to kill people, like, he's going to constantly see death, whether he does anything or not. And I think that just, this is a reason to be a drunk for that, after a while. Oh, yeah. I think out of everybody in comics, Wolverine has a reason to be a drunk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and like, and the things that are slowly killing him inside, probably, you know, you gotta gotta do something. There are so many things that have, like, slowly killed him from the inside, whether it was his own sadness or his adamantium. Yeah. So I said, you asked me about, like, oh, it was for, I'm like, people don't have adamantium in them, and they're still dying inside. What's the difference? (laughs) I saw Bojack. Yeah. Nothing on the outside, (laughs) nothing on the inside. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that obviously between that, it just makes him obviously a fascinating character for a lot of people. Like, he was one of my favorite characters growing up with the cartoons and everything else. Because one, he just actually seemed cool in his little suit compared to, like, some of the other characters. He does have a dope suit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of yellow, but, I mean, he did a thing. Plus, Do I you actually... like the brown and orange over the yellow and no, blue? No, the brown and orange is terrible. That was his br- first one. Or the brown and yellow or whatever you call it. That thing is ugly and terrible and you should be ashamed to like that suit but but no but also if you know how wolverines are and the actual animals and what they take about it's just pretty cool considering he's all small the way they portray him he's a small little man with a lot of fight yeah and anger yeah (laughs) so yeah no i will say this i do think too like when it comes to characters like just kind of what you said like i think that his ability to kill people doesn't necessarily come from him being an anti-hero, but him having lived through so many things and knowing that that is sometimes the only answer for a villain. A person dies every six seconds. And now live 130 years with that. Well, but I think I'm talking about differently, like actually like retaliating against villains. Right, and stuff like but that. I'm just saying I'm after about... a while, death becomes irrelevant to you. To him, but I yeah. but I would not say for a second that Wolverine doesn't value life. Wolverine values life a lot. That's one of the reasons why he's put himself after, like, even without the healing factor, because he loses his healing factor in multiple arcs, he still jumps in front of it, because Wolverine genuinely does value life. Like, he doesn't devalue life at all. He's not Frank Castle. And that's one thing that I don't want to, like, like, that's, that is something that the Wolverine character has been very very serious about right how and that that's why the berserker mode is something he fights against because in that he doesn't care he doesn't he doesn't anything yeah what i just don't think i'm gonna be able to actually construe what i'm gonna try to say so well, what are you trying to say it's not that he doesn't value life, sure, but he does. I mean, he will value certain people's lives and certain things. But you cannot tell me people value life to take people out. 
to kill people. You at some point, if you're willing to kill people and know that is the best way, how much of a value do you value life? Well, that's what I'm saying though. Like he has a sense of morality and he values life. Like he values life in that he's going to save lives. He's not just going to let people die. But he also, I think the fact that he has been around for a hun- over a hundred years, he also knows like the ugliness that humans do. And that sometimes you have to pull the trigger on that villain versus like, which is why actually my favorite interactions of Wolverine in the comics and even like the, um, the TV shows or the movies is Wolverine talking with Magneto because they both understand that pain from each other. But at the end of the day, Wolverine will never turn into Magneto. Right. Because Magneto doesn't value life. Well, he doesn't value human life. Yes, he valiants medium life. But yeah, okay, we're done. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy we at least got kind of deep on this character. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Charles, again. And as, I mean, nobody has anything to add, Adrian? Uh, never cast anybody as Wolverine ever again. I'm just kidding. I'm sure something will come up, but... At least for like twenty five years, like don't yeah, cast like, somebody for like a like a, a nice gap, big gap. It's one of the main reasons why I don't want anyone like just let Fox, like, just let it die with Fox, and then just wait twenty years and then reboot the series. Just don't don't touch it. Yeah, we're talking about Disney trying to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean that just came out like <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> So bad. As always, you can find us at ButWhyThoughPC on Twitter. It's where we're most active. Also, make sure you check out our website, ButWhyThoughPodcast.com, where we have a awesome geek community there um, of podcasts as well as writers who bring you all the news, reviews, and op-eds. Um, and as always, you can find me at OhMyMythRandier on Twitter. Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperE73, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z. 93. Matt? It's probably any me lie. You'll find me in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate.